Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper, the podcast. It is episode 34. I'm your host, DJ Payne, and joining me in just a moment is everybody's favourite doctor, author, theologian, songwriter, singer, Matthew Jacoby will be joining me, and we're going to be having a conversation on this episode about the book of Malachi. This is the final book as we have gone through the history of of the Old Testament. This is it. We're wrapping up the biblical record of the Old Testament in this episode. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. We're going to do the entire book in this one episode. So be prepared. Have your Bible open to the book of Malachi. Grab your Thrive Daily Reader and and, uh, be ready to go through this exciting book. After the break, Matt and I will be in. I'll be in again at the end of the program, as per usual, to let you know what's happening. But until then, let's thrive. for Israel. Uh, am I, when this goes out, am I in Israel already? Don't, don't even, this is all time. We're now time shifting in the podcast. This is, you know, pre-recording because you're about to head over to uh, to the Holy Land. I am, yeah. Now this is, this is trip number... Uh, two. This is, this is second, the second trip. Second trip. Second trip. Yeah. Um, and you're taking, this is the first time you're taking your own yeah. rent-a-crowd with you, basically. Yeah, so I've got uh, 20 people uh, from from church with me, which would be great. I, I, I'm going to enjoy seeing it with uh, with others. And uh, I, I went with a very small group. Like, there was only about four of us uh, that last time. That wow. we, it was a bit of a taster. So it was only nine days, and, gee, we, we went like lightning through it all. So this will be a bit more leisurely and... Okay, so you had trip number one, which was last year, to sort of get mm. you know to get your head around the Holy Land yeah. as as yeah. someone who's been a scholar yeah. in the work for years and years and years. Mm. You've done that. You've come back, and now you're thinking, right, we're going to start seeing some future trips. Yeah, from you know yeah. from 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 Matt Jacoby going over there, and you're hosting hosting the trip over there. Yes, I am. Yeah, and um and. And I'm—I mean, to to what extent? It, I'm not sure how regular a thing it's going to be, but yeah. I, I, you know, I'll probably do—I'll probably do a couple more because I uh, there's certainly plenty of interest. Yeah, and I love going as well. I I, I learn so much every time I go there. Well, I can't wait for you to uh, for, for you to come back and you know be able to fill us in even that yeah. little bit yeah. more yeah. information while you're over there. Is yeah. there one thing in particular while people are listening to this? Like you said, you're probably either on your way or over there while this episode goes out live. What can people be praying for, for you and the team of 20 who are over there? Just learning, you know. I mean, just that we really, really learn and um, have a great time together. And it's, it's um, it can be, uh, it can really make things come, it can really make the Bible 
not come alive because I I, I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like you know you have to go to Israel yes. to really be able to re- because you don't. Uh, it's God's spirit that makes the Bible come alive, but it gives it a, a certain it grounds it a, a bit. All of the place names and they went up there and then they went over here. When you can actually picture those places, it does it does uh, give it a sense of three dimensions. Yeah, awesome, mm. awesome. Well, hopefully in the not too distant future. I'll, I'll be able to join you. I'll be able to uh, join join you over there, and we can uh, do yeah. some live podcasting, thrive mm. deepers yeah. from Israel. That's yeah. the uh, the vision for the future. <laughs> well, this is it, man. We have been marching towards the Book of Malachi uh, mm. for for months now. As we as we wrap up this historical period of you know the Jewish people in the Old Testament, mm. um, and we're sort of wrapping up the biblical record. I want to say we do know what happens in that you know, 400, 500 years between, you know, what they call the inter- intertestimonial period. We're going to be ta- intertestamental period. Yeah. Not testimonial. Yeah, that's right. Well, what did I say? Testimonial. Test- intertestimonial period. I'm making up my own <laughs> words here. I'm making up my own words here. Uh, so the say, say the right word, the intertestamental period. The intertestamental period is, uh, we're going to be looking that uh, next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover a little bit mm. of that as well. Uh, but uh, right now we want to look at the, this, final book that we've got, which is the the prophet of Malachi, who is uh, with the exiled Jews in the, you know, Jerusalem version Mm. 2, 2.0, after Nehemiah and Ezra. Mm. This is, we've seen what uh, the prophet Joel was saying last week in that same period, but this one is a little bit more, dare we say, like setting sort of the tone for the book, it's a little bit more of a downer. Yeah. um, First of all, Again, we're not a little bit like with Joel. We're not uh, totally sure when uh, Malachi is is doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, probably after Joel, um, and after Nehemiah as well. Well, um, mm. he, he he could probably overlapped with uh, with Ezra Nehemiah. Okay. Uh, I mean, most uh, most scholars say that he was probably a contemporary of Ezra Nehemiah, okay. who was okay. around that same time, because he deals with very similar. Kinds of things. Yes, that's that's one of the ways that they kind of try to pin pin yes. him down. Um, some people put him even a little later. Yes, um, but look, you know, uh, he around that that sort of four, you know, four forty kind of date. So, so the exiles, the Jewish, the Jewish nation that has come back to Jerusalem from Babylon, yeah. they have come back, and they the, from the beginning of the first exiles that came back to <clears throat> round about now when we think Malachi was written, it's been about a hundred years. Is that, uh, is that well, about right? Well, it's been uh, it's been eighty years actually. Yes. Um, most probably, this yeah. is you know, uh, uh, well, well, actually. Um, no, it has been a hundred years. You're right. No, I'm I'm going from Haggai, Zechariah. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, because because they were they came about sort of fifteen years in. Yes. To the, um. So. Th- this is this is a long time after they came back from exile with high hopes. Yeah. Though um, Haggai and Zechariah really stoked those hopes. Mm-hmm. They didn't dampen them. Nope. Said, "Oh, you're hoping for too much." Yep. <laughs> Uh, they said no. Actually, God's going to do all the things that you have heard from Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah. He's going to do all of those things. Uh, so get with the plan, and that's the, and and so Haggai and Zechariah, who were the last prophets before Joel and Malachi, uh, to to do their thing. 
And then we've got, and that, this is when you've got about an eighty-year gap yes. between them. In that gap, you've got, uh, you know, and around the time that Malachi comes, you've got um, the ministry of Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, one of the things that that I think is happening here is a, is a little bit of discouragement about these predictions. I yeah. mean, like we, we looked at in a previous episode, we looked at Zechariah, for example. I mean, there are some amazing <laughs> predictions. Uh, and even in Joel, what we saw in Joel, in these amazing predictions of future events, mm. there's just this sense here of a response, maybe even a response to Joel, certainly yeah. to, to the earlier prophets. You know, where, where, what's, where, where is this? This yeah. is not happening. Yeah. Like God does he's not really interested in us. No. He, he doesn't really love us. Yeah. You know, he's not, it's just... Uh, they they they're not really seeing much, and and so they've become discouraged, and they're just letting things wane. Yeah, and and again, we say they had high hopes, and you've pinned it perfectly. We're not blaming anybody for these high hopes, but we sort of you know there's a reason why they've got high hopes. It's because if you read those prophets that we've just yeah. mentioned, they were. I mean, they've got talk about you know you know visions of grandeur dancing in their head. Oh, they are absolutely. expecting they are expecting the new Jerusalem yeah. and a king to reign in the line of David. Yeah. Like the world has never seen yeah. and they look around them, they open up the window, they look out the window and there's beggars, there's yeah. corruption in high places, there's injustice going on, the priests yeah, are the corrupt. It's a terrible situation. Ev- yeah. Everyone's corrupt and they're like, well, and this is and this is a great thing that you often have you Matt. I know this is something that you've often preached about. You either face this, you know, lack of reality when it comes to your faith head on, yeah, and say something's wrong, or you end up your faith ends up becoming a like fake a facade. Yeah. Yeah, you expect less. Yeah. So you just you just say, oh, well, I'm not going to expect much from God then. And I'll tell you when that happens. And this, I think this is what's happening here. It's like, let's just save ourselves from disappointment. Like, we're disappointed. Now, Let's. what we need to get straight is the fact that the prophets, you know, Ezekiel and Daniel and Zechariah, you know, and Isaiah, when they prophesied this thing, they didn't say when this was going to happen. Certainly didn't say it was going to happen within this generation. Yeah. In fact, if you read the book of Daniel, I mean, Daniel, you know, Daniel's 69 groups of seven, you know, years, Um, this, you know, they're looking forward to, they're looking for something in the distant future, but, but in their, in their discouragement to to save themselves from this um, disappointment, they just, they've just let it go, it seems. And, um, and so, you know, the sacrifices are, well, I could bring the best land, you know, the best, you know, um, of the flock, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring the engine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why, 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 gonna, why worry? Why, we're gonna get by. Yeah, we're gonna get by. This, it's it's like this isn't something worth expending too much on because it's not really nothing's happening here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this is like the worst of religion. Yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, I gotta tick the box. I go to this, ch- yeah. I go to church Sunday morning. Yeah, I put my money in the plate, shake yeah. a couple of hands, go home. I've done my church thing. And this is th- this is that this is what. Malachi confronts. It's actually yeah. not the kind of thing that the pre-exilic prophets dealt with. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's completely different because they're not they're not idolatry. This is not idolatry yeah. blatantly as it was pre before the exile. This is just dead orthodoxy, yes. really. Yeah, this is just oh, we're just going through the motions yeah. just because we have to. But our heart's not in it. Why? Because well, because they just 
were not expecting much. They, they were discouraged. Now, the, 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 the book of Malachi is structured in such a unique way. I, yeah. I love this. Yeah. I love this. And, and it, go, it, doesn't, it doesn't muck around. It cuts straight to the chase yeah. right at the beginning. It starts off, this is Malachi, this is an oracle, boom. And it yeah. goes in. And what it is, is some people have described it as a, a list of like almost courtroom disputes yeah. between God and the Jewish people, where God will say, this is the truth. Yeah. And the people, this is what I love about it, and the people will go, nah. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, that's right. Yeah. That's not the way. Yeah. And and again, to pick up on on a theme that has been running through all of these books. Yeah. And again, we hammered it home last week. You hammered it home last week with Joel. It's that idea of God just wants wants mankind to go, yep, you're right. Yeah. And respond like that. But no, we see the true heart of man when yeah. confronted with God's claim on the, you know, yeah. on the reality, they go, nah, that's not true. Yeah. And then you see God in, in, in then has a final response yeah. to that claim. So, you know, you see, you see God's claim, you see a disagree- disagreement, you see God's claim mirrored beautifully yeah. in the story, in, in, in a story, we see the same sort of pattern mm. going on with Jesus when he talks about the sheep and the goats, yeah. you did this. No, nah, did we really do that? No, I don't think so. Dude, how did we do that? Yes, and, yeah, and it's yeah. the same sort of thing, yeah. you know, that questioning of what God's statement. Yeah. In, and it's amazing this this heart of man in this book to be able to to be able to stand before God's very voice and be able to say, yeah. "Nah, nah." And and whether whether. Um, like to, to, to give an, an example, so it's, it starts off that way, actually. Yeah. Um, a prophecy of the word of the Lord uh, to Israel through Malachi. Um, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, <laughs> how have you loved us? <laughs> oh. so, so there's there's the first one. Now, now whether, whether they actually said that or whether he's just saying, I know that you're thinking this. Yes, yes. Whether this is a, he's setting this up this way because... God is di- so I know what you're thinking. He's saying, I know what you're thinking, yep. and I'm going to dialogue with what you're thinking. Yep. So, um, and, and talk about not mucking around. Yeah. He goes straight, straight to, to the, the heart. Yeah. Straight to the heart. Yeah. I've loved you, says Lewis. But you ask, how have you loved us? Now, what he does here is that he basically points out, he says, just remember, I mean, the, the reason that you are here and exist today yeah. is because I chose you. Yeah. Um, you know, the reason that you, you are not like other nations that have disappeared, like, for example, the Edomites. Yes. Um, who, who were the rightful rightful heirs of the promise, you know, that type of thing, like going back to Esau and Jacob, like yeah. he harkens back to that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, and this is, in fact, we come into a slightly complex uh, section here, but the, the big idea in this first thing is that God is saying, I chose you from the beginning, like... In fact, out of two brothers, I chose you. Just don't forget that. Um, uh, out of Jacob, you know, Jacob yes. and, and, and Esau. So this is where you got, was not, he says, was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet Jacob I've loved and yes. Esau I've hated. Yeah. Um, and I've turned his hill country into wasteland. Now, um, in, where he says there, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated, he's playing out this scenario. This isn't like, you know, personal hatred of Esau, because actually when you look at the story, God blesses Esau yes, in the end. 100%. Uh, and and um, so, so it's not meant to be descriptive uh, of, you know, his God's personal relationship with, with, with one Esau man. at any, yes. any given point. But the fact is Esau became the Edomites. He's actually talking about Edom and Israel yes. here. This is what's going It's It's the difference between Edom and Israel. So they, they had had a lot of um, – Edom is causing them a lot of problems. 
And historically always has. Yeah, always has. I mean, in fact, Psalm 137, you know, remember, Lord, what Edom did on the yeah. day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried, tear it down. Yeah. So the Edomites are like these traditional Enemy. uh, enemies who have, who have cursed uh, Israel. And therefore, they are under this... They are under this curse. So it's like, it's in that sense, Jacob, I've loved, Esau, I've hated. It's like... For, for more clarification, read the entire... I'm for you and against them. Read the entire book of Obadiah. Obadiah, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, outlays it all oh, perfect. That, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. all about Edom. Yeah. And um, and so uh, he, he's talking about these these nations and, and he's talking about in order to say, um, even, the, even though Edom may say, verse 4, you know, we've been crushed, but we're going to rebuild the ruins. God's saying, no, no, that's... Uh, if you rebuild, I'm going to demolish it. I mean, as a people group, they did they d- disappeared mm. uh, really completely. But God is saying, but you're still here. Mm. You're still here. Yeah. And that is because of my covenant of love with you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is that's the first stage. Yeah, and and it finishes verse five finishes with a, like a a sparkle, like a glimmer in God's eye of hope, of saying, and on that day when you yeah. finally realize, you will say, "Great is the Lord." Yeah. You, right. you, you get, yeah, yeah. You, you're going to get there. Yeah. You're not there yet. Yeah. You're going to get there. Yeah. And then, and then, claim number yeah. two. It's claim, like, yeah. It's just just to summarize that too. Yeah. It's like they're saying, "Ah, oh, you don't really love us." Well, hang on a minute. Um, like actually, compa- let's just compare this to everyone. I mean, you, it's like what what has happened. You, you don't realize how actually, even though you're going through difficult times and everything. It's like you don't really realize how blessed you actually are. That's the kind of thing that God is doing uh, there. And then um, and then he goes on uh, to really call out their um, their sort of lame religion. Yeah. Really. And and the the priests that should know better, the priests that should be leading in, in them. In particular the priests. Yeah, the leading them to you know, a right relationship yeah. with God. Whoa, does yeah, he really let it go? Whoa, does he? Does God um, have have some stuff there? Yeah, the, a, a lot of they could. I mean, the the priests were like the sort of leading class. There are a lot of reasons why they could have let this uh, let this go. Mm. A bit of corruption there, but we'll still tick the box in the yes. meantime, so that we really justify our position. Yeah. Um, he, he says here, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I'm a father, where is the honor due to me? Yeah. You know, if I'm a master, where is the respect due to me? And this is where, again, you get, um, it is you priests that show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your for your name? Wow. Uh, and, and the answer is by bringing defiled food on my altar. And again, but you ask, how have we defiled you? Um, by saying, in effect, the Lord's table is contemptible because they offered blind animals and... and lame. You know, lame animals. Yeah. and all, They just got the... the yeah. The leftovers, which is which basically. is which is condemned in yeah. in the rules, like yeah. in the rules of the parade. That's right. The, the An rules unblemished of the, sacrifice has to be. So so it got to the point where this this lowered expectation of God yeah. and and what our faith means yeah. and what we're doing got to the place where the people are like, look, man, look, I've got this lame one at home. And the yeah. priests are like, wink, wink, nudge. It's look, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring, yeah. That's fine. Whatever. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Just bring them on in. It's fine. Right. I've got this one that's sort of born with a really yeah, bad defect. That's right. Bring it on in. It's that's like fine. giving God the least. I'll give God the leftovers. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I, I'm really, um, you know, my life really revolves around this, but just so that I can say, you know, just 
play it safe maybe or I'll just give God some of the leftovers so yeah. that I can feel that uh, I'm maybe in the right place spiritually. Not that we would ever uh, do things like that. Um, in fact, in verse 10, God says, Oh, that you would shut the temple doors. Wow. Shut the door. Not interested. Yeah. This is yeah. not what it's about. It's not about box-ticking religion. Like, I want a heart relationship with you, and I'm not getting any heart here. This is what he's saying yeah. to these people. I'm not getting any heart here. Um, so you just need to pick up your game a bit. Where's the honor that's that's due to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so this, this accusation for the priest carries yeah. over from chapter 1 into the first nine yeah. verses of chapter yeah. 2, yeah. and he really God really outlays the history. He talks about yeah. the Levites. He yeah. talks about what a real priest is like and what they're doing. He outlays it all. Yeah, so this is echoing what he's just said in chapter 1 where he said, the, the question was, how have you loved us? Oh, well, I loved you because I chose you out of them. And then he go, says to the priests who are Levites, and just remember, I chose you out of the 12 tribes. Exactly. You know, so to, to be my priest. So it's it's the same kind of thing happening there. And he's saying, I, I did this for you, and yet you are completely – I put you in this privileged position, and you are completely dishonoring that the blessing of the responsibility that I'm that I'm giving you, you yeah. you just you're not not only you're not doing the things that you should do, but you're actually doing a lot of damage. And there's some indication there that they've sort of slackened off, you know, oh, found loopholes, all yeah. sorts of things yeah. going on there. And, and and he reminds them of the very basics of the relationship. Remember, yeah. you know, not only did I choose you, but we had a promise yeah. with each yeah. other. I promised that I would bless you if you yeah. bless, you know, and yeah. if you curse me, you, and then he goes into detail yeah. about how badly they're going to be, yeah. how bad off they're going to be yeah, if they don't right. turn around yeah, and, and change their right. ways. Yeah. So the next the, the next sort of question answers down there in 2.13 where, yeah. where he says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears, you weep and wail. You know, in this customer, and we, we looked last episode of Joel where, where uh, God says, um, rend your hearts, not just your garments. Well, they were rending their garments, but they really weren't. It was just part of the what you did, you know. Um, so you weep and wail um, because he no longer looks uh, with favour on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure. Uh, you ask why. It is because the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. So God said, I'm not... I, I, like I'm not interested in your religion. Yeah. I'm interested in you doing the right thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, you're wondering why... Uh, you know why you're not getting any, any. You're wondering why I'm not responding to you and pouring out, yes. you know, blessing yep. upon you. And uh, well, uh, it's it's because you're not doing the right thing. And in this case, uh, it is because they have been uh, sort of ad hoc divorcing their wives and marrying pagan women yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, and this is a big problem. And this this is where this overlaps. With uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah, we're not sure where it, where exactly. Yes, because of course Ezra dealt with this, and, and then Nehemiah dealt with it again. It's probably yeah. probably talking Nehemiah. Yes, uh, I think. Um, uh, and this is a really big problem. We've already talked about why this. Not not only not only is the divorce of their wives a big problem, but the the ma- ma- you know intermarrying uh, with the pagan people. Look, and, uh, and, and I, I love, and I know, I know. Um, Again, we're always fighting yeah. against this uh, caricature yeah. of Old Testament God, and that is yeah. this heartless, you know, vengeful, yeah. you know, the, you know, this, this, you know, a caricature of of what yeah. of what he's like. But when he talks about the the wife of your youth, mm. 
the romance and the flourish in God's voice in verse, you know, 14, 15 and onwards there in in chapter two, you know, did you know he talks again? It's that echo of a promise. You have made a promise, like we've got a promise. Yeah. You made a promise to your wife. Did he not make them talking about the the whole concept of man and woman? Yeah. You know, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was God seeking in doing this? He was seeking godly offering. So yeah. guard yourselves in your spirit and let. None of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like again, that yeah. they're, they're broken promises everywhere. There's, yeah. you know, and it starts with because in verse ten he says, "Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another?" So uh, we're 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 being unfaithful to God by being unfaithful to to one another. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and again, we mentioned really briefly that uh, you know. These these uh, what do we what did you call them the post exilic prophets you know the, yeah. the here they're not dealing you know go back to Jeremiah and it was all about yeah. idolatry yeah, idolatry right. it's this is a sneaky form of idolatry yeah where the men are being led away by these women of other yeah. of uh, you know other faiths yeah. of other you know re, you know regions yeah. here and by marrying into them they're they're, they're committing those same sins yeah, that's right. of yeah. marrying into another faith yeah that's right. Dispute. Uh, thing that he says, and it's sort of dispute. Yeah. Verse 17, you've wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied them, you ask? <laughs> How have we wearied him, uh, you ask? Uh, by saying all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them. We're, we're basically, they're saying, you know, they're looking at the nations uh, and thinking, oh, well, like they're all doing well, you yes. know, and we're, we're struggling here. And so, oh, well, then it doesn't matter. You know, uh, the evildoers, well, they must be good. Yeah, you know, it's they're ah. really giving up here. I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're they're quite. Um, this is sort of disappointment with God, Massive. but repressed disappointments. Like, ah, oh, whatever. It just doesn't yeah. doesn't make any difference. Yeah, worshiping God or not. Yeah. Uh, and and and, it's, and they yeah. t- and uh, th- th- this is a turning yeah. point, I think, in the book because not only does God, you know, th- there's this dispute, but the people really have heavy accusation back to God. Yeah. It's like it's like when you're having a, a cold disagreement with somebody, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. husband and wives, you can probably relate to this. You might have a cold disagreement and there's a little subtle underlying like, hey, hon, you didn't do, oh, well, no, I'm going to do, hey, hon, what yeah. about, oh, I didn't do that. And then all of a sudden, what about, and then it breaks and it's like, why? Well, you, <laughs> and this is where it breaks. Finally, the people break and they go, you have neglected. Elected us. Yeah. They really break. And I think this is what this is mm. what God wanted all along. He wanted to bring this He'd to the forefront. To service, yeah. yeah. And they finally break here in at the end of chapter two, beginning of verse verse uh, chapter three. They're like, 
we're looking at the other people. They're doing better than us. Yeah, yeah, and you made all these promises, big guy. Yeah. And and if 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 it's if this isn't a scenario where they actually said that, it's certainly God is yes. it's there and, yeah. and, and he's he's naming the things that they're thinking. Yeah. Now what is it that they want to see? Well, they actually want to see themselves be blessed and the nations judged. So we talked about in in, Justice. in, in, in the last episode on Joel, the fact that the big issue for um Israel in the Old Testament was when is God going to do do something about all the evildoers, right? When is this judgment going to come? And um, and this is what they're saying here, but they're not. You know, they're, he says, um, "Where is this God of justice?" Uh, this is what they they want to see. Well, where, where is? And then this is when you go into chapter three, and he says, mm. "I will I'm, I will send my messenger mm. who will prepare the way before me." Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple because remember this is what they want. Yeah. When is God going to turn up? Yeah. Like the the big one of the big things that ab, it's is absent is they haven't seen the manifest glory of God enter the temple. Like they like they remember so when is this going to happen from yeah. Solomon's time. This is the big issue really behind this. This is probably the biggest thing behind their disappointment. Uh, look, as well as the fact that they're not doing as well, where is all this blessing? Hmm. But you know, we haven't seen God uh, return to us, and God says, "No, I, I will send my messenger who will prepare." The way before me, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But then it says, but who can endure the day of his coming? <laughs> oh. Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire. Yeah. So be careful. You, you, you've be got to careful be careful where you're at because actually you if, you're not in, if, if you're not in the right place, uh, he, he's going he's gonna to be your foe rather than your friend. Yep. yep. And look, uh, his, th- this prophecy in this sense, comes true because um, when Jesus, the Messiah, uh, came to his people, mm-hmm. um, they were a foe to him rather rather than a friend, you know, and and he showed them up in in that sense. Uh, yep. So he is. Uh, he says in verse five, "So I will come to put you on trial," and this is the thing that that we see in the ministry of Jesus that he had this way of bringing out either the best or the worst in people. Yeah, uh, he brought out the best, brought out faith, but he also there was plenty of people he brought out the worst in in, in this in his particularly the the religious leaders. Um, so and there was a kind of that, that's a kind of judgment, you know, to bring out the worst and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it, it's a judgment intended to lead to uh, repentance, so that we, we, you know we'll see it. Um, but you know, God is saying, be very. Careful what you wish for here. Oh. Like you want God to come as judge, but you just un- at the moment you're not on the right side of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that's um, and uh, he says in verse six, "I, the Lord, do not change." So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. This gets back to his initial point um, about listen. Remember, uh, you are loved because you're still here. Um, uh, ever since the time of your ancestors, however, he says, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, here we have it again, again. How, how are we to return? And the answer is, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? So it's like they're saying, what do you mean return to you? We're, we're, from what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and from actually robbing me, God yeah. you're robbing me. Wow. I mean, and they're thinking, how are we robbing you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in tithes and offerings, he says. You are under a curse, your whole nations, because you are robbing me. Think about this. Wow. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, 
that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Uh, So tithing, this practice of tithing is so important. It's not just about having enough money in the temple to do the thing. It's, it, I mean, it's partly uh, about that, but it's, it is, tithing was incredibly important part of ancient Israel being the community of God. It was like how they, because otherwise they fall apart. Uh, you know, w- w- when they were in the land and, they, and you have these 12 tribes, the center of their life was, uh, was the worship of yes. the temple worship and, and bringing their tithes and sowing into something that transcended all their individual lives, you know, because we can be so consumed with providing for me, 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 me. Yes. Um, this is this is like Jesus saying, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be given to you as well. And and put your treasure where your heart at least should be. Mm. Um, so this is them sowing into the common life. Mm. This is, I mean, and and without this. It all gets fragmented. They get drawn away from the central purpose. So tithing was this way, and actually, what they would do, they would bring the first fruits, uh, and and they would actually eat together and enjoy. And it, it was it created this sense of togetherness. And then it also created um, uh, it created food for the poor. It, it maintained the uh, the worship, the temple worship. Yeah. It maintained the priesthood, the priesthood and the yes. ministry of the word. It was like a way of uh, them and and tithe from the word one tenth. Yes. So they brought a, they brought ten percent, or you could say at least ten percent, um, of all of their produce, and and they brought it and they sowed it into something that was bigger uh, than them. And because that's broken down, and that promise yeah. is yet another promise. It's, has well, been it's broken. a sign of the fact that they've yeah. lost yeah. touch. You know, and 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 God considers this robbing them because he's, I I've given you belong to me. He's saying. And everything, I could demand everything, but I'm, I'm just, I'm asking just at least, at least the tithe. Give me at least the ten percent. Mm. And he's, he said, but now you're not even giving me that. Mm. You're not even giving me that. So this is a sign that you've really, that they have really lost, um, really lost the plot here. Interestingly, in in, in relation to, uh, to, to to tithes, um, uh, what what Luke portrays in Luke chapters 2 and 4, at the end of those chapters, uh, Luke um, uh, chapter 2, I think verse 44 to 46 or 47 there, and and at the end of chapter 4 in the book of Acts, so not in Luke, but in the book of Acts, chapter Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4, he pictures the early church as sharing, you know, creating this common life. Yes. And there were, it says there were no needy persons among them. And the, the language that he uses is... Directly reflecting the, the 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 principle that's behind the tithes, yes. they created a community through sharing. I mean, they created this common life, and so Luke is actually showing that really it was only after the outpouring of the Spirit. It's significant that it's at the end of Acts chapter two that Luke presents this picture of the early church. It's like the, the fruit of the outpouring of the of the Holy Spirit that we talked about in the last episode. Yes, that Joel predicted, according to Luke and. Acts chapter two is this community, and them sharing, 
Uh, and so this is this here is what what God is calling for is calling for the tithe. You 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 are you are robbing me because you're not uh, giving the tithe. So uh, it's it's hard language. Yeah. Uh, but they are a people who have been called out of the nations, given this privileged position, and. God is saying, you're slapping me in the face. I've given you this opportunity to live on a higher plane, as it were, to everyone else, you know, to be the kingdom of God, and yet you're you're abdicating. Mm, mm, mm. And at, at the end, at the end of uh, of that passage there, uh, you know, in uh, you know, in verse in verse thirteen, uh, where the Lord says something that is again. I love I love it when when God really gets personal, especially you know in this page we hear it in the first voice here in verse thirteen. Verse 13 God says, "Your words have been hard against me." Yeah, says the Lord, and it really comes to a, uh, this is really the climactic it kind is. of thing because because yeah. uh, then He says, "Yet you ask, uh, what have we said against you?" And, and He says, "You have said it's futile to serve God." I mean, this is this is coming to the crunch. Yeah, this, this is, exactly, is let's yeah. get to the crunch here. Yeah, uh, what, what do we gain yes. by carrying out these requirements? I mean, first of all, it's all about it's all about for them. It's like it's all about me. Yeah. What, what, what am I going to get out of this? God? Yeah. And it, and it finishes and that little pa- that verse verse fifteen. Yeah. Evil doers not only prosper, but they put God to the test. And they escape. Yeah, it's they get thing, away with it. Yeah. You are doing nothing for us. You know, yeah. like that that yeah. real sense of emptiness. And God's response yeah. here, uh, Malachi's response in this about the yeah. book of remembrance yeah. and this story that he tells is such a uh, such yeah. a peculiar way to answer yeah. this answer this issue. Yeah, it's it's. A, I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's <laughs> it's. It's a it's a harsh thing. Yeah, you have said it's futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out His requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Wow! Certainly, evil doers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. I mean, wow. they're, they're, this is really the heart, and, yes. and you know, this is what's behind everything. Everything else, we, we, we feel like. It's it's so um, God seems so absent that it's just not there's no it's pointless, um, but what they really want is is very selfish anyway. I just want God to pamper me with blessings, yeah. um, and w- when actually God is saying you actually are really you really are loved, yeah. and um, and you've fallen away from any experience of that because you've just you've left my side, you've walked away. Yeah. Um, and the, here he brings this attitude, and again, it you know it focuses on their desire to see, um, uh, to see this judgment coming. And again, you know, it's uh, it's like careful what you wish for. Yeah, very uh, because much so. in, in chapter four he says, "Surely the day is coming; it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant, every evil do will be will be stubble, and that day." Uh, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, mm. says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or branch, root or branch will be left. Um, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. So it's like if you come, you know, if you come back, if you come back to me, this can be. It's going to happen. Judgment is coming. Not yet. It's coming. And mm. uh, and you just got to watch out that you're on the right side of that. This is the because right now. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Right yeah. now, you're in. You're not in a good place. 
That's, yeah, and, he, and, what he's saying. and he gives at the end of chapter three there from sixteen onwards, he he gives him a picture which is quite a little bit baffling. It still baffles me a little bit. This this scroll of remembrance, this book of remembrance for the remnant, the faithful will remember. Yeah. And it's almost this this uh, for me. I take it to Matt. Tell me if I've got it wrong here. Yeah. That it's almost holding up this concept that we see in Joel, we see in Malachi. Of the faithful few yeah. are going back and remembering God's promise. They're reading, yeah. rereading scripture. They're remembering what's going on, this scroll of remembrance. They're remembering God's promises. They're they're sort of, you know, reliving in that. Yeah, it's interesting that it doesn't, you know, when, when the, after it says, you have said it's futile to serve God, it, it actually doesn't, it, there, there is not really an answer to that, is there? Well, uh, except for this book of remembrance, it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know. They say, you know, oh, you haven't done anything. Basically, the, 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 it ends yeah. up. It ends up culminating with evil doers, da da da. And it says, and then those who fear the Lord, like the not yeah. those, the other ones who feared the Lord, yeah. came and spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. They had a book of remembrance. It's like, hang on, what is it? The answer yeah. to what? Well, it, it actually, um, I mean, I read a bit about that. This is this is a response from the people. I mean, there were some that said, you know what, you're right. This okay. is this thing about okay. agreeing with God. Yes. Uh, there were some that heeded that. Yeah. And these are the uh, these are those who feared the Lord. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, actually, we really are in the wrong. Yeah. And they talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. And a scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who fear the Lord and not in His name. So. Um, so there is some fruit from Malachi's okay. uh, Malachi's preaching here. So what is here. this scroll, scroll of remembrance? Is it something? Is it a renewed contract mm. with God? Is it them re- rereading the promises of the yeah. past? I, I'm a bit. Va- I yeah, couldn't find any answers here. Yeah, it's um, or is it a metaphor? You know. I don't, yeah, I, um, it's it's not. Uh, it's most probably uh, it's like a covenant reconfirmation they put there. Like, because when, when it by remembrance means we remember the covenant, yep. you know, in Deuteronomy, it always says, do not forget, remember my covenant, remember, remember the Lord, remember the Lord. Mm. So remembering here means, uh, means heeding. Yep. Basically, that's what that means. Okay. So th- this is a scroll of really those who heeded, you could put it that way. Yep. I mean, look, I, we, we don't know for sure, but yes. most probably... The record of those who reconfirmed their yes. covenant, who okay. came back, responded, and and their names uh, are recorded. And um, God says about them on the day, on verse 17, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. Yeah. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Okay, so we have this concept now because of that of this of of the remnant, yeah, you know, which is a, which is a yeah. reoccurring theme, you yeah. know, of the yeah. remnant, the the chosen, those who the, those who have renewed the covenant and and are do and are responding to God the right way, and then we get this tiny little chapter four mm. at the mm. end, this little tail end at the end where it, again it lays out these are the, the bad stuff's going to happen to those who who do, who aren't going to yeah. you know heed what I say, but now for the remnant, here's here's my future plans. Yeah, that's right. So. And, and this is where you get what I read before, which yeah. is surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. So this is in response to those, you know, this is for them. This is, look, I want you to know um, that I I'm, I have promised these things and they're going to happen. Uh, because 
in verse two is saying, but for you who revere my name. So there's actually now specific people who have responded to God. Yep. He makes a promise to those people. God's speaking now yep. to this faithful remnant yes. that have responded. And, and it's interesting Interesting to sum it all up, the entire Old Testament. This is the end. These are the yep. last couple of sentences of the Old Testament. Yeah. And it goes right back to the beginning in 4.4. He says, now remember the law of Moses yep. that I gave him. Yep. O- you know, obey yep. that. Yeah. This is what you've got to do. Yeah. Go back to your beginning. Yeah. And then behold, I'll I will send you Elijah again. Yeah. You know, and the this prophet will come yeah. before this awesome day of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and all these great things will happen. You know, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers and the children, the hearts, you know, he'll he'll do all this stuff and yeah. and then then it, that's it. It wraps up. Yeah. And you're like, hang on, what are, what are we what are we gonna do? And, and- and our Old Testament finishes there. I yes. mean, it's, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Yeah. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. And then we and, don't, and, and that's it. And then we don't hear, yeah, the yeah. end of the story. Like that's the last prophetic word yeah. in, in the Old Testament. Yeah. And it's completely open. It's like waiting. Right now we wait. Yeah. And they waited for four hundred years. You know. And, and then, and the, now, now this, 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 or this Elijah the prophet that is talked about in mm. verse five. Am I right to go back to the beginning of of chapter three, when he says, um, uh, chapter three, sorry, in this here, where he says that he's going to send, you know, the purifying fire. Yeah. Um. You know, in chapter three. I will send my messenger who will yeah. prepare the way before me. Now, is it? Yeah. Can we can we tie the the the, yeah. the Elijah the prophet type that's coming and this messenger about fire? Because yeah, because historically we yeah. know that the next thing that happened in the calendar, you know, a few years before Christ entered into yeah. into public ministry, yeah. was John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He, he actually is the next prophet. And and John the Baptist yeah. says, "Yeah, I'm. I've come to prepare the way." Yeah. yeah. I'm preparing the way. I've got fire. You know, he talks about the fire of yeah. God. He talks about this. Yeah. So is this a picture of John the Baptist that we're seeing here at the it end is. of Malachi? It, it, yeah, it certainly is. So, um, yeah, jo- John the Baptist is, is the next prophet after Malachi. There's, yeah. there's no, and, and, and it was generally, uh, generally agreed that after, um, after Malachi, prophecy ceased out of Israel. Yeah. Of course, until John, and and John was, uh, was understood by all the people to be a prophet. Yeah. Uh, people were afraid to speak against him because uh, th- there was this understanding that he had this prophetic ministry. And and according and according to Jesus, he was the greatest prophet that ever lived. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. which is like of, of of the that's right of the old yeah, for your sake dispensation. <laughs> um so uh yeah, he, th- this is uh this is the next it's like putting out this is the next thing that's going to happen. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day the Lord comes. And so, you know, the next, uh, well, I mean, um, 400 years later, you get uh, John the Baptist dressed up in goat's hair, eating, living in the desert, eating locusts. Now, that's that just, that's, he's dressed up like Elijah. Yeah. I mean, he looks exactly the same yeah. as Elijah. Yeah. It's like deliberate connection yeah. uh, between he and Elijah. So this is not it's not like literally Elijah's going to come back from the dead, yeah. but one who is coming in the spirit of Elijah. And John the Baptist 
in in so many ways acted and dressed and prophesied like uh, Elijah. So, yeah. um, you know, this is an amazing end to our our Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Talk about talk about finishing up. You know, on tender hooks. Yeah, leaving you wanting more on the edge of your seat. Yeah. for the Jewish people. Yeah. You know, the, in in the in that intertestimonial testimony, I said it again. Intertestamental period, yeah. uh, them them wanting to see God yeah. do something. Yeah. You know, so we know now, and again, we're sort of spoiling a little bit, jumping ahead a little bit. We know why it sort of says like most of Jerusalem came out to be baptized by John yeah, yeah. and his disciples because yeah. they were waiting. All those generations for for God to start yeah. doing something yeah, again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's remarkable. Uh, the the connection, the way that that the New Testament and, and the Gospels in particular just flow so directly from this. Mm. You know, I mean that in our English uh, Bibles and of course the uh, Jewish Bibles has the books in slightly uh, different order. The last book in the Jewish Tanakh is is the uh, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Um uh in our English uh, uh Bibles the, the the last um sorry now the Christian uh, Old Testament, the way that we traditionally put it together, is that this is the last book, and you when you and you turn over to Matthew, and it's like, oh yeah, that's it. Just flows to, on. It's, yeah. it's 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 like there's not even a break, mm. but there was a break of four hundred years, yeah. and that is a long period of silence. Now, normally, when there is a period of silence, like uh, the Exodus was preceded by a long period of waiting. In a difficult circumstance, and often a long period of waiting is is a, it's a little bit like it um, means that something amazing is going to happen. It's like you know when a tsunami happens, the water gets drawn out, yes. you know, and it's like th- this is kind of happening. It's like the ocean is drawn back, and there's just it's just dry. It's like we're just waiting here because something big is going to happen, and the longer it goes. Uh, you know, so um, there's still plenty to do. They've, he's, you know, he's called them to to uh, be faithful to the covenant and these things. But this um, this period of of waiting is going to give way to the greatest event in history, which is the coming of Jesus Christ. What a way to finish the Old Testament, you know, clearly looking ahead to uh, to our Saviour, to the coming Christ as we as we wrap up here. Now, we've said that we finished off the book of Malachi and Joel from last week. That sort of covers our historical period of the Old Testament. But there's a space in between this, this let me see if I can get it right this time, this intertestamental period uh, between the end of the Old Testament and beginning when we see John the Baptist on, on the rise and Jesus coming through. What was happening in those 400 years? What was happening in that period of time? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to be covering that next week on the next episode of Thrive Deeper. So until then, if you've got questions of anything you've been reading in the Thrive Daily Reading Guide or, or be listening to in Thrive Deeper, then please get a hold of us. Head over. You know what to do. Head over to thrivetoday.net.au. Until next week, we'll see you then. This has been DJ Payne on behalf of Matt and the team saying thank you so much for joining us on Thrive Deeper. 
so much for listening to Thrive Deeper. We value all our listening community. If you are on Facebook, search and like Thrive Today page to get all of our latest updates. Join the conversation online with over 400 other listeners at facebook.com slash groups slash Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is at thrivetoday.net.au. There you can subscribe to the Thrive Daily Reading Guide and contact us directly. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Our music is provided by the talented Rod Gear. For more information, head to rodgearmusic.com. The podcast is recorded at the studios of Geelong Christian Media Incorporated, then edited and produced by djp.fm. Until next time, thrive.